We do appreciate it. Noon to 2, Monday through Friday, if you can't be here, catch us on our podcast, thegreatvoice.com, thegreatvoice.com. Always a pleasure checking in with Daniel Howe, senior editor, business columnist uh, for the Detroit News. And what else? I mean, it's what's the news that we're living with, and uh, we can live or die with this news. I don't think people take me seriously enough to know what risk is involved right now with the auto industry in Detroit, Michigan. We'll get further into that as we check in with Daniel House as the UAW presses Detroit automakers for a better offer and threatens more walkouts. Daniel, it's always a pleasure. Good afternoon, my friend. Good afternoon. Yeah, we got one this morning. Uh, uh, Stellantis' uh, Sterling Heights assembly where they build the Ram 1500. Uh, another high high uh, uh, revenue, high profit plant going down. Uh, I was expected a GM plant probably going to come here soon as well. Um, but uh, UAW appears to be making a lot of headway uh, contract-wise. Uh, but, you know, is battling three companies at the same time. We've never seen something like this before. And what you have pointed out is that so far, sadly, this technique has been working, which means the next, if there is a next time, it'll be far worse in terms of the relationship and the schism between the workers, which Bill Ford has referred to as family, and the management. And that's a problem going forward. Uh, in fact, speaking of Ford, you know, we go back to the Peter J. Pistillo days. Ford had a fabulous relationship with the UAW, and they continued to have a fabulous relationship until Sean Fain came on the scene. And now he's blown up a relationship that has been good and good for the workers for generations. That, along with many things that he's done, makes no sense to me. And shame on the auto industry if they actually reward that kind of behavior. Well, we may be too far down the road, uh, and that that reward is likely to come. I mean, these contracts that have been proffered by the companies uh, that are still in negotiation, but they certainly seem to be very good contracts from a, the union's perspective, and difficult probably for the company from the company's perspective. But I think you put your finger on something, Paul, that a lot of folks who haven't been around as long as you and I have don't maybe fully appreciate. There there was a sense, I think, between the companies and the union, a sense of teamwork um, and that there was a common foe in in some of the foreign competitors who are operating down south and in other parts of the world. And Sean Fain basically said, we're not going to be we're not going to team up with uh, companies against uh, uh, foreign automakers uh, in the future. And I think that's a continuation of kind of what he said to, to uh, uh, Bill Ford as well, after Bill Ford made his remarks. And, uh, you know, that was very significant to me, um, what Bill said and then what, how Sean responded. I, I think basically said, you know, a pox on all your houses. And <laughs> this, this, this is a class Essentially, this is a class warfare, uh, class war, and um, uh, and I suspect that there's more than a few uh, hourly workers out there, UAW members, who are saying, number one, uh, I don't feel that way, uh, and my colleagues don't feel that way, and number two, let's just vote on the damn contract uh, instead of, if it's so good, um, let's vote on it, and, and I think... Uh, 
we're starting to see uh, evidence on social media of people who are starting to get very frustrated with the union leadership and, and then apparently dragging this out. Billions of dollars lost by by people that are not at the OEMs, people that are not on strike, parts suppliers, other people, communities. Everybody's suffering when something like this happens. And rather than just hear me go on and on about how bad I think it is, look, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't work for someone who was the enemy. If I all of a sudden felt the people that own WJR were the enemy, I wouldn't work for them for any amount of money. So I don't know where Sean Fain gets off on this little tangent that he does. Let me try to open the eyes of those workers you just talked about. The average worker who's been around a long time has loved the fact that they've had a an improved lifestyle because of the auto industry. They watch their grandparents, their parents, and now them, and they want their kids to do it. It's a legacy kind of a generational job that's been a pretty doggone good one. But here's a little something, because I think you're going to start to need to hear from the workers on the lines, the workers speaking up and saying, okay, enough already. We haven't looked at these people as the enemy until you told us they were, Sean. But here is some proof in the pudding. And I want you to pay close attention, and you tell me what's wrong with this statement. Here we have the automotive experts at Edmunds testing SUVs of all shapes, sizes, and prices. During these evaluations, certain models rise to the top with qualities such as roomy seating, cargo areas, comfortable ride, easy-to-use touchscreens, and technology features. SUVs for buyers on a budget. Here they are. The 2023 Kia Sorento, the 2024 Honda CRV, the 2024 Hyundai Palisade, the 2024 Mazda CX-50, the 2024 Subaru Outback. What do you find interesting in this list? None of them are made by Detroit companies. Not one of them made by Detroit companies. And these are the vehicles where they still make a nice profit so they can continue to employ UAW workers. And not one of these top five vehicles are one made by a U.S. company. What else and, do they and, need? And and that is the large, I think, one of the largest segments in the market. It is. So I mean, so you know, look, I I, I, I get it, and I and I and I think a lot of other people uh, are going to wake up and realize that this uh, fight is probably not worth the cost. Certainly not worth destroying the industry, and I say that. To both sides. I say that for the people in the management positions who might give in because they know they're not going to be around in four or five years when it all explodes, if it even takes that long. Shame on them for well, that as right. well. You're right. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, you bet. Talk to you again soon. Daniel Howes, the best, from the Detroit News, uh, staying on top of all of this, a senior editor, business columnist, Extraordinaire here in focus on WJR.